Well, evening folks. This is Jesse Cope and this is the next episode of the American Soul Podcast. We're sitting on the porch tonight. Stella is with us so far and we had a little storm blow through so got quite a nice little lightning storm going on tonight. You may hear some thunder in the background and if I'll stop gabbing long enough you'll hear some rain on the tin roof i hope that y'all are doing well wherever you are and whatever part of the day you're in and i appreciate as always y'all joining me it means a lot folks i know that y'all have a million things to do in this day and age we run our lives in circles so busy we can't even figure out what direction we're going often and so taking 15 or 20 minutes out of your day I know is no small thing so thank you very much and for those of y'all that have continued to share the podcast I'm very grateful I, I hope that you're truly getting something out of it and I hope that the people you share it with are too so today We've got a few quotes that I want to go through. Uh, I also stumbled across something a couple nights ago uh, that I'm pretty excited about. I think it's something I've been looking for (laughs) more or less most of my adult life and didn't even realize that I was looking for it. At any rate, I'll probably... I'm still kind of digesting it, but I'll I'll bring it around in a few episodes, but I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Comes back from the 1750s, I'll leave it at that. At any rate, tonight I wanted to the quotes I wanted to go over. Give me a second and I'll dig through them. I felt like one of the so we've we've talked about some of the presidents uh, we've talked about uh, some Supreme Court cases we've talked about a few other leaders throughout our country's history and and we're going to continue to do that we'll talk about some business leaders pastors others to really just continue to hammer on this modern myth, this lie that America is not a Christian nation and that she wasn't intended to be a Christian nation. But I thought it would be interesting to look at what some people from the outside thought over the years. And there's a wealth of information out there on this subject, just like there is internally. So, I mean, we're we're not even going to scratch the surface. I wouldn't even say that. There's so much there. But I just wanted to run through a few. There's that thunder. I was quiet for a minute just to see if y'all could hear it. I hope you can. It's It's a wonderful sound, folks. All right, so one of the first quotes that I wanted to dig into is by a man named Carlos 
Romulo. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but he was a Philippine general in World War II. And his quote was, Never forget, Americans, that yours is a spiritual country. Yes, I know you're a practical people. Like others, I've marveled at your factories, your skyscrapers, and your arsenals. But underlying everything else is the fact that America began as a God-loving, God-fearing, God-worshipping people. So here we have an example of a man from outside the country who, from this quote, seems to have visited and who served in World War II and apparently served pretty well from what little bit. I, I have not read a lot on him, so I'm definitely not an expert on this man. But from the outside looking in, he acknowledges, and, and this is this is a fallacy that we fall into. I was just listening to somebody talk about it today, that we fall into so often. You hear people say, well, I'm, I'm fiscally conservative, but I'm socially liberal. It doesn't work that way, folks, and it never has. And when you stop to think about it, it doesn't even make any sense because... You don't suddenly cease to need moral decisions in the financial sphere any more than you do in the political sphere. That's, that's why this idea, this separation of church idea is just so blatantly false when you stop to think about it. You can't have somebody that's a good politician or a good economist, a good businessman, if they're not a moral person. You can have a moral person that maybe isn't that good at business or maybe isn't that good a politician, but it, it doesn't work the other way, folks, because at some point, that brilliant economist, that brilliant businessman, that brilliant politician is going to get somewhere, and if they don't have any kind of moral foundation, if they don't have, if they're not a good person, at some point, they're going to look around and they're going to go, you know... I I really don't have to do this on the straight and narrow. I I really don't have to follow the rules here. I really don't have to be that good a person. I can I can cut the corners a little bit. I can make my workspace for my employees a little bit less safe than it actually should be or I can take this bribe over here from these lobbyists just this one time. You can the list goes on and on, right? If you, if you want to have a truly good person in any profession, you have to start with the morals first. That is the horse, so to speak. The cart, the financial decisions, the political decisions, the educational decisions, all that stuff will come if you have the moral foundation. But if you don't have the horse, if you don't have the moral foundation, then... You got, you're not going anywhere, and you might roll backwards down the hill, so to speak. So what this quote, getting back to this quote by Romolo, and I'm sorry if I'm murdering that, please forgive me. He was saying, yeah, I see all this stuff. I know you're practical people. I know you've built this great nation. You've built this great military. I get it. But underlying all of that, underlying everything is that it 
America began, she was founded as a God-loving, God-fearing, God-worshipping people. We can't have America without that kind of people, folks. Same quote, Lord, y'all are probably tired of hearing it. That's okay. (laughs) Same quote I go back to all the time. Adams, President Adams quote about our constitution, our government, our country was only fit for a moral and religious people. And again, he was talking about Christianity in particular. If we don't have people that follow the principles of Christ, we do not have our republic. And not only did people internal to the country see this, did our founding generation see it, did those who came before them and those who came after them see it, but even people from outside the country saw it. And you know, sometimes those are the people that see clearest. Not always, but sometimes. You think about in your life how how often you see somebody else's situation so clearly when you're looking at it from the outside and yet we struggle so much to figure out what's going wrong or why something went wrong or right in our own lives. Sometimes it's easier to see when you're standing outside looking in. So that's the first quote, folks, that I wanted to go through tonight. And the second one is by another man who lived outside of our country. This is Charles Malik. And again, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, folks. Uh, He was ambassador to the United Nations from Lebanon, and he was actually the president one year. And this quote from him, The good in the United States would never have come into being without the blessing and power of Jesus Christ. Whoever tries to conceive the American word without taking full account of the suffering and love and salvation of Christ is only dreaming. I know how embarrassing this matter is to politicians, bureaucrats, businessmen, and cynics. But whatever these honored men think, the irrefutable truth is that the soul of America is, at its best and highest, Christian. Lord, we're going to be doing this podcast for a while, folks, but we really could just put that one quote up and almost start and stop the show. If we don't have people that follow the principles of Christ, we do not have this country. That was the foundation of country. That's the soul of the country. That's literally why this podcast is called The American Soul. Because without a people who follow the principles of Christ, who focus on that suffering and love and salvation that Christ was willing to give to the world, We don't have a country. We don't have a republic. Not one that would be recognizable at all to history or to us currently. And I think it's interesting that Mr. Malik made the comment here, I know how embarrassing this matter is to politicians, bureaucrats, businessmen, and cynics. And it really is today. There's so many people that have built their careers and their lives around this myth of separation of church and state, this myth that America is not a Christian nation and wasn't founded that way, that when you speak the truth, it is embarrassing to them, and they don't like it. And for those of y'all that are Christian, that are familiar with Christ's words and teachings, it's really no surprise. He told us that would happen. He told us that the world would hate people that followed him because they hated him, right? 
But because I, I repeat the fact, folks, that our founders didn't intend to try and force people to Christianity. Because you can't force people to faith. Just like you can't force people to not have faith. Even for those of y'all that, that don't accept Christ as the Son of God, as your Lord and Savior, if we're just strictly talking about America as a worldly country, the fact still remains that our founders, our, our great leaders, our great men and women, and like we're talking about today, these people from outside the country, they knew that we had to have a people regardless of their personal faith that followed these principles in order for our government to work. And we'll talk about this off and on a little bit more. Uh, this isn't something based on a direct quote. It's a little bit more abstract. But one of the ways you see how our country's kind of fallen apart is trying to legislate morality. And there are definitely, you know, if you... You murder somebody, there ought to be consequences for that. But to some extent, folks, we've got to have a a good people at heart, a good like again, like Adam said, a moral and religious people. There's interesting little side note here. I think it's interesting. Maybe hopefully y'all will find it. So, I was having a conversation with one of my daughters the other night, and we were talking about when this. So I don't remember how we got on the subject of, of suing people and this, this culture of suing. We, we don't even really talk about it anymore. It's so commonplace. Somebody does something wrong and automatically, oh, well, we're going to sue them. But it didn't used to be like that. And I remember one of the first big instances of this. can't remember the details, but I remember specifically there was a person that went to a McDonald's and ordered a, a hot cup of coffee. And this was before the days of all these warnings. And they spilled the cup of coffee on themselves and obviously got burned, right? Anybody that has ever had a hot cup of coffee in their hand knows that if you spill the coffee, you're going to burn yourself. Or anybody that's taken a sip too soon, right? We, we all get greedy and we want to eat that food that's just right out of the 400 degree oven. Or we want to gulp that first sip of coffee in the mornings right when it's straight out of the coffee pot and of course we end up singeing every single taste bud we have off but the point is i was having this conversation with my with my daughter and i told her about this and she said well that's just that's just silly why why would somebody they knew the coffee was hot you know why did they need a warning to tell them or, or what, what gave them the right to sue somebody because they didn't have a warning on the coffee cup. We've forgotten that kind of common sense. And maybe forgotten, forgotten is the wrong word, but if you don't have a good people, somebody looks at that and goes, well, they didn't put that this was hot on that cup, so I see a chance to make a little money here. I'll go ahead and sue them, and I'm going to say that, you know, if you would have put on this hot cup of coffee some kind of warning that the coffee was hot well I wouldn't have spilled it then I only spilled it because I know it's hot but it didn't say it's hot so I figured I could spill it on myself and I wouldn't get burned well that's the kind of mentality you get when you when you don't have moral decent people alright and then the last thing I got a little off 
in the weeds there, folks. I apologize. The last thing tonight that I would like to talk about is a quote, two quotes actually, from Alexis de Tocqueville, who if you know anything about him, he was the author of Democracy in America back in the 19th century, and pretty famous, came over here, traveled around America, and, and wrote this book that is has really become quite famous and I'm not intimately familiar with it there's a lot of people a lot of y'all out there are going to know more about it than I do and we will we'll talk about him because there's just so much there's a wealth of information in that book and in his comments and observations on American society but I'd like to read two quotes tonight one is one is a true quote from democracy in America and one is a fake quote and I, I won't dig in too much to this, folks, I promise. But the quote, here's the quote that I'm, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to start with a fake one. So this is a quote that has been used by multiple presidents, Eisenhower, Reagan, Clinton. And it's a wonderful quote. The problem is, as far as I can tell, it's nowhere in democracy in America. And this is, this is what has been attributed over the years to to Tocqueville. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her commodious harbors and her ample rivers, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her rich mines and her vast world commerce, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her public school system and her institutions of learning, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her democratic congress and her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because she is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. I'm going to go ahead and read. So that was the false statement there. That's the one that as far as I can tell, y'all can please correct me. I've got a pretty bright audience here. So y'all correct me if I'm wrong. But the quote that is accurate that I'm pulling straight out of democracy is... The Americans combine the notions of Christianity and liberty so intimately in their minds that it is impossible to make them conceive the one without the other. So the first quote, again, used by Eisenhower and Reagan and Clinton and some others, a fake or not, folks, it's a great quote. And it's an accurate quote. The only reason we're great, it's not because we're stronger or faster or smarter than all the other countries in the world. It's because we follow the principles of Christ. That's it. That's the end of it. Very black and white. This second quote that is straight out of democracy really sums it up. You cannot have liberty without the principles of Christ. Our republic doesn't work without the principles of Christ. And so, as always, the point of this podcast, de Tocqueville realized it. Malik realized it, uh, the general from the Philippine general from World War II realized it, and so many others have. If we don't have 
the teachings of Christ not only in our like in our personal lives but in our government in our institutions in our education we will cease to exist so when you hear somebody say oh Jefferson or so and so intended to completely reject Christianity out of our political sphere or you hear somebody say well I'm I'm fiscally conservative but not socially uh, neither one of those two ideas works they just don't hold water so follow us away folks i've taken more than enough of your time today i sure do appreciate it and thank you again for listening thank you for sharing the podcast please continue to do so please continue to send feedback i really appreciate it and and we'll keep going keep going God bless y'all folks, your families. Hope that he draws y'all closer to him. And we'll talk to you again real soon.